Hi, this is the 36 Questions Podcast. I'm Nick. I'm Anna. And we are a married couple. We are a real-life married couple. Can't you tell? We're in love. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> if this is your first time listening to the podcast, uh, 36 Questions is based on a study by a psychologist named Arthur Aaron. Uh, he started this study uh, to get two people to develop intimacy after just 36 questions. The thing I like about this study is that he had a glass room and he got two strangers that didn't know each other and he basically, they opened the door, they got in, they asked each other the 36 questions at a table and he, the psychologist recorded everything and after six months, uh, these two people fell in love and got married. Yeah, it really happened and a New York Times writer wrote a uh, an article that has become the Modern Love Podcast now, um, where she also did these questions with someone she fell in love with. So a lot of urban legends have kind of come out of this study. So we are trying to get people to fall in love and do the same. And uh, we found two strangers who had never met before uh, to come into a room and ask each other 36 questions. So how'd you feel about these two? So this week we had Andy and Alex. Um, they are both very introverted. I think Alex more so than Andy. And it was really interesting to see them become more and more intimate as the questions went along. Oh, spoiler alert. Uh, but no, it was definitely, they went from kind of awkward and uh, giggly to all deep kind of friendship developed, which was so interesting to be on the sidelines watching. And they talk about that a little at the start. You're going to find out. Uh, they talk about how they handle social situations. And by the end of the podcast, it didn't even feel like uh, they were two awkward people talking. Uh, they were two very open people, very interesting. There are some moments that really gave me chills um, yeah. when they answered. Yes. Um, and I am just excited for you listeners to get to know these two people too also side note if you hear weird noises throughout the podcast our dog was asleep under the table and she she fell asleep and she was having some sort of dream where she was startled or i don't know what she was doing but she was uh, making some <laughs> weird noises be on the lookout for our dog podcast where it's just us uh, recording our <laughs> dog <how> sleeping <laughs> um, probably will get the most listeners ever but <laughs> no but uh back to andy and alex um i guess we'll let you guys decide what happens all right enjoy the show uh question one describe yourself in two minutes uh i'm andy i'm from st louis missouri went to nyu and studied experimental drama uh so now i've been in new york for about eight years uh I spend a lot of time working in film production, shooting and editing stuff. When I'm not doing that, my agent sends me out on uh, commercials. Uh, and I've been lucky enough to actually be able to make a living doing commercials. Um, I was a big math and science nerd in high school, so I feel like that kind of has, uh, I don't know, kept going with me, even though it's not something I'm pursuing. Uh, really into talking about politics, science, economies. Uh, <clears throat> I've been really getting into I mean, I guess with recent events, I've been really getting a lot more into politics and advocacy and figuring out what I can do. Um, but also, like, getting really into economics and stuff, because I feel like I have 
money saved up and I should be learning how to best use it. So I've been studying a lot of that. Um, I played a lot of video games when I was a kid. I think it has informed my way of being, uh, I don't know why I brought that up, actually. <laughs> I was just, I think I was just uh, searching for something, but I think it's like I really appreciate systems and logic and uh, kind of cause and effect. I guess that was the, the angle I was going at for there. Um, what else? What else is me? I do like exercising. Um, I'm not so much of a gym rat as much as I like to do calisthenics at home. So I like to read up on sort of gymnastics and stuff and how they exercise with as little as possible. So, you know, kind of, it's kind of very, uh, an efficiency oriented thing. Uh, that's it. Cool. Um, I'm Alex. I live in Astoria. Um, I also went to college uh, at NYU. Um, I went to Tisch and studied drama as well. Um, and uh, I'm not doing so much acting right now. I kind of do behind the scenes stuff. Um, I have assist assistant directed some short films. I've uh, stage managed some plays, things like that. Um, right now I'm working um, as an ad as an admin at a uh, nonprofit consulting company, um, I really like it there. My coworkers are all super passionate. Um, I've also been getting more involved in politics as a result of recent events. I would say. Um, what else? Um, I used to play video games too. Not so much anymore. Um, I was a big Guitar Hero. Person. I really liked like the um, like the music based video games. Like I played um, Donkey Konga. Do you remember that one? Um, that was a big one. Guitar Hero. Um, I also um, exercise too. There's this one like YouTube fitness channel that I like watch all their videos and do like in my bedroom because I'm too lazy to like actually get a gym membership and go to the gym. Um, so that's been pretty useful. Um, what else? I love animals. Uh, I have two cats, but they're at my mom's place in Pennsylvania. And uh, my roommates and I talk all the time about how we're going to get a dog, and then we just never do. Um, but we always go on Instagram and like show each other pictures of Instagram dogs. And uh, yeah, I'd say that's about it for me. So all the highlights. <laughs> All right, so question two. Given the choice of anyone in the world, who would you want as a dinner guest? I guess to g keep going with like the politics theme, I would, I would really want to have dinner with Barack Obama right now because <laughs> I really just want to get in his head and see what he's thinking. And I just want to talk to him and be like, thanks, man. Like, <laughs> Like, we're about to descend into chaos, and I just really appreciate everything that you've done. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just, I actually just read um, Dreams from My Father, mm -hmm. and I, I really wish that I had read it, like, earlier in his presidency, because I feel like it's such a good just description of who he is as a person. He has, like, some really, like, 
fascinating, nuanced views of race, and his his life has just been so interesting. That was his second book, right? You, I think it was his first his one. First book. Yeah, um, but he talks about uh, you know growing up with his grandparents, and then going to college in Hawaii, and then going to visit um, his father's side of the family in Kenya. And it's just like such an interesting story, and he's just—he just seems like such a cool dude. Like I just, I just want to hang out with him and just like pick his brain. So, yeah, it would definitely be him, preferably with Michelle as well. <laughs> but if only one, then I guess just Obama's fine. All right. I don't know. It's kind of a tough question. There's so many interesting people in the world. Uh, I guess I'm just. Also, I guess I'm also thinking about. It. Did it say dead or alive? Or it does not specify. Okay. But I would say just go for it. I feel like I'd have to go back to. I'd have to go back to some sort. Some. I'm not sure which one. I mean, I'm only being introduced right now to so many different philosophers. That it all feels a little overwhelming to think about. Is there any one person who I'd rather have like a sit down conversation with? <laughs> I feel like at the end of the day though, I feel like I learned the most from, I would learn the most about how to live possibly from Siddhartha or something from Ooh. Buddha. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, I think at the end of the day, it's like, for all of the search, for all of the searching I would do for sort of meaning and order in the universe, which is what came from so many of like the so many of the metaphysical and like Greek and Greek philosophers, and then you have all of the sort of social and class philosophers, like the anarchists and the Marxists and the capitalists, and it's like everyone's trying to explain everything away, and at the end of the day, it feels like this guy isn't isn't really concerned with explaining anything away. He's more concerned with just sort of the reduction of everything into, uh, I mean, I would say into its basis, basic parts, but I don't think that's even really what it would, what it would be either. It's a sort of reduction into nothingness, <laughs> into the, into the, not nothingness because, you know, then again, nothingness is a thing. And it's the idea of just like the, complete null answer <laughs> uh it's not like it, i don't even it wouldn't even be like a fun dinner <laughs> it would I know, just be it just, it i would like i don't really even intense. i feel like i don't even think i would i don't know if i would even uh i don't even know i would even ask i don't know if we would even talk <laughs> i think the problem <laughs> i feel like i would want to just like i don't know if it was if it's that i'd want because being in his presence is not really like a valuable thing to me either. It's, it's all the same sort of just idea that I don't know what I can gain from him, but it's like it seems to be the most truthful thing to try to get at. Nice. All right. Let's see. Question three. Would you like to be famous? In what way? What I like to be famous. I mean, asking a person who went to theater school, I think is <laughs> it's a pretty loaded question. And I think I, I actually do think about this a lot because I I think being 
a pretty self-reflective person. I do like to think about my relationship to being to fame and self-consciousness and what I'm doing it all for mm -hmm. because I feel like I mean, I sometimes I like to daydream about you know, if I were to to hit every lottery number in just the right way, you know, I figuratively, if I were just to get everything I ever wanted, it's like what would be the best thing? What would I want to do with my my fame or my or my like uh, my resources, I guess. I guess being famous gives you those resources. Uh, I mean, lately I've just been daydreaming about <laughs> pouring as much money as possible into <laughs> the right uh, the right political groups, like uh, advocating for workers and becoming president and like making the world a big social utopia. Mm -hmm. Like that's, I mean... That's like the the daydream of it. If otherwise famous, it's like because I think I know at the end of the day. I think I feel maybe it's only the loaded uh the loaded sort of moral lessons we learn from so many stories of famous people, which is that the fame doesn't really give you satisfaction. And I think I can kind of predict that myself. That it's like I don't know if I won an award at the end of the day. It's like I still want to be able to go to a party and for everyone to like me. Yeah. It's like and that has nothing to do with whether I'm famous or not. That is much more just like. Am I good at making friends? It's like, am I popular? Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, I guess if if it comes down to be, the fame, I think would only be a means to an end, and that I would want to. It, I feel like it would help me find my my purpose in life, or it would enable me to at least do the most good that I can. I've, I've like seen celebrities on the street and like seen the crowds of people that follow them. And I'm like, if that's like, if that's what fame is, I certainly don't want that. And then you hear about like Kim Kardashian getting robbed because she had, you know, taken pictures of her jewelry and put it on Snapchat and Instagram. And yeah. And so it's like, you know, it's like your, your idea of, of, what fame is and what it entails changes. I know for me, since I, I started working at the company I'm at now, I've been there for almost two years now, and it's it's really kind of changed like what fame means to me. Um, you know, for me, it's like these famous people, they have like a ton of money, and it's like they have their celebrity, but like what are they using it for? Like what is the purpose of it? Um, and so I would say I don't want to be f famous in the like traditional celebrity sense. I would want to be famous in like as a result of having done something good for the world that, that people know about. I guess that's how I would say it. That's great. Yeah. All right. Question four. Before going to a social event or meeting, do you ever rehearse what you're going to say? Why? Huh. I wouldn't say that I rehearse what I want to say. Um, I get like really, I, I have like a, a fair amount of social anxiety. So like just when I like go to like big parties, I kind of just have to get myself into a frame of mind more than anything else. It's not so much like rehearsing specific conversations. It's like, okay, like I got to get myself psyched up. Like I got to get my energy up. Like I got to get in that frame of mind to like 
like go out of my my boundaries and like talk to people and and strike up conversations with strangers and um so I would say it's not so much rehearsing as it is like I'll like put on some music while I'm like doing my makeup and like sing along and and dance and and get myself all psyched up I get that I totally get that (laughs) I think I think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm similarly self-conscious, and I mean, I think the, the big conspiracy that everyone implies is that everyone's the same kind of self-conscious, <laughs> yeah. but uh, without speaking to that, I know that I, I at least, yeah, I, I like to prep to meet up with people. I, it, it obviously depends on who I'm meeting up with. If, mm-hmm. if they're, I think there is a, there's a threshold for people who is like, I'm comfortable around, enough around you that I don't give a shit. Right, right. But then there's, you know, the, the sort of social game that is all your acquaintances and people who you recognize and you remember what you talked about last time, but mm-hmm. you don't have that same rapport with. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say in general, yeah, it's just like kind of loosening myself up just mm-hmm. so I can, I think, I think it really depends. I think I, I kind of have like a, a tug and a tug of war with myself when it comes <laughs> to these things where I think as of lately, I'm trying to do a lot more of realizing it's like, it's not like, don't plan anything, like be as spontaneous as possible, you know, mm-hmm. be, completely instinctive it's like if you want to say something say it if you don't don't because at the end of the day you can't you shouldn't practice you shouldn't put yourself into a mold of how you think would appeal to the other people right I think at the end of the day that would that's just a disservice uh to myself so you know the best thing to do is yeah is just be completely off the cuff and like if you're an asshole to somebody uh, that's fine you know (laughs) someone else might like it uh I think the only the, the the last bastion that I really can't get past is <laughs> is trying not to plan when there's someone who I have like I might have like a pre- ongoing bit with, mm-hmm. or you know if I'm trying to hit on them, it's like I might <laughs> try to bring something up from the past that it's like that it's like okay this is something we talked about before it'll be a cute joke in the moment <laughs> but not then I start thinking about it. it's like what if she doesn't remember it and then it seems forced it's like and how to work yeah, it into the it conversation gets, yeah. it gets it turns into a spiral of self doubt when really <laughs> at this I mean at the same time it's like I did remember what we talked about is there any reason I shouldn't talk about it? if I yeah. do want to talk about it then I should talk about exactly, it exactly exactly but does the fact that I'm trying to uh, I don't know weaponize that that sort of memory <laughs> is that is that really the most uh, it, it's the self-reflection that I think gets in the way because you know a truly non-self-reflective person would they wouldn't they would talk about it but they wouldn't remember it yeah. uh, they wouldn't remember why they they want to do it or they wouldn't be worried about why they want to do it they just do and it's a fact <laughs> that you are aware of why you're trying to do it that yeah. I think changes the, the timber of it mm-hmm. <laughs> all right uh, question five what would constitute a perfect day for you. A perfect day. Definitely. I think it would be a day where I felt, uh, I, I guess, a, a, the day where I felt most productive, because I think a lot of putting my, I think a lot of my self consciousness, uh, stems. I, I think in general, I guess the the stuff that detracts from a day is putting myself down for not having done enough or not having, uh, or having been consciously lazy I think Mm because I think there's a difference that you everyone needs everyone needs their own time they need some relaxation but I think Mm -hmm. also deep down we also know 
when we need it and when yeah. we don't. Most of there's the time, there's a difference we, between we like, like being yeah. relaxed and then yeah. being like I was a lazy slob all yeah, day. Yeah, it, there's a difference. Most of the time, we're pretending that we need to watch another episode, kind of thing. Uh-huh. Uh And so I think for me, it's I guess if I mean that sounds kind of ridiculous. I guess a day where I was very disciplined in doing what I wanted to do mm-hmm. and not letting sort of negative negativity hold me back because it's like you know I want to work on a project but I think oh but I stop myself I procrastinate because you know deep down I think everyone's just afraid of pursuing what they want in case they fail um so I think it would be a day where I did a good amount of things that I wanted to do for myself I didn't avoid a day where I didn't avoid what I wanted mm-hmm. and you know a little work in the day the day and then like meeting people in the after in like the evening I think that would be like a really fun day of just like uh, being completely fulfilled, mm-hmm. I guess, is what it would be if I'm not denying myself anything. Yeah, um, I would definitely need like some some me time and then some time with others in my in my perfect day. I would say um, it probably involve just different things that I really enjoy doing. Like I probably read a couple chapters of a book, probably watch a couple episodes of something on Netflix. And then I'd, you know, get myself ready to go, and I'd probably go, if the weather's not, like, 10 degrees like it is today, I would probably go out and, like, walk around a park with one of my friends and just hang out, um, go get dinner at, like, a really amazing restaurant, um, have a glass of wine or two, and then go to bed. That I think good. that's, <laughs> it's pretty, pretty yeah, simple. Can't forget bed. <laughs> that's the most important part. All right, cool. So question six, when did you last sing to yourself to someone else? Hmm, sing to myself. I think I was in the shower the other day and I was singing to myself. (laughs) I was listening to something on Spotify. I don't remember the song though. That's gonna bother me now. Um, To someone else, um, we had uh, our work Christmas party um, a few weeks ago and uh, we did karaoke afterwards Mm -hmm. and so (laughs) I guess I was singing to someone else at karaoke I was singing uh, Back to Black by Amy Winehouse (laughs) yeah and it was uh, a lot of alcohol involved (laughs) it was a lot of fun (laughs) um I sing to myself pretty much nonstop, so I, uh, I guess I don't know. Does like does humming to yourself or like you know singing along to a tune? I guess that counts as sing. You're singing yeah. for your you're you're the only audience, and it's like I'm yeah. I'm very much. I feel like I've described myself as a jukebox before, where it's just like if I hear something or it reminds me of something, I'll like hum along or I'll mm-hmm. try to like connect it to another lyric of something else. It's like I'm always like humming or singing something to myself uh, in my head or you know out loud um singing in the shower i think today i remember i put on spotify uh radio jimmy hendrix and mm-hmm. so the first mm-hmm. one was all along the watts tower and i was just like yeah you know we you, so know, you were getting the instrumental yeah oh yeah i love i love i don't know it's just funny <laughs> it's funny to try to sound like a guitar <laughs> Uh, it's just always entertaining. Yeah, and I suppose I guess anyone who's ever been around me any t- of those times, I'd be singing to them. But the, the last time I did sing to someone, uh, I it was also at karaoke, uh, much mm-hmm. more sober karaoke. Uh, yes. It was karaoke in my stepbrother's basement. Uh, my stepbrother, you know, he's got a home karaoke machine. I was with my family over 
Christmas break. Nice. Um, yeah, we just went down to the basement. They were singing, uh, you know, Chinese folk songs that I had no idea what they were. It's like I, I, I speak conversational Chinese, but it's like I don't think I would understand artistic or lyrical Chinese. So wait, these songs were on that like karaoke machine? Yeah, or? yeah. Oh yeah, it's a oh, okay. you know you can load it with what it was oh, connected gotcha. to the internet. You can load it with whatever oh, you want. Okay. Um, and then they were like, you know, Andy, you should sing. You're the performer. I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> you were like, don't have to tell me twice. You know, I, and I mean, I feel I feel like getting into it gets into the background of just like I don't know my family and just or like I don't know cultural. I have no idea. I have no idea how to explain it. But basically, I you know I got out on the machine, and the machine was next to me, so maybe that had something to do with it. But you know, I put in a song. I started. I put in a bunch of songs. You know, I sang through just a bunch of random like, just like any song I could recognize. I was like, all right, you know what? This is my chance to like not care about who the audience is. It's just my family. Yeah. Um, and so I sang a bunch of stuff. Just going for it. Um, just yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It's just stuff I couldn't sing, or it was just like. <laughs> blowing my voice out yeah uh but you know nobody else was putting songs in so i was just like well i guess, guess i'm, I, I guess I I guess I'm going. gonna do another one. Oh, ricky martin i'll give it a shot uh then <laughs> i was like oh no no up. bruce springsteen uh i'll hear some billy joel i can give that a shot but it's like it was all just me so i was like you know what uh fuck it i'll just sing a verse get to the chorus <laughs> skip it just keep... it was just me going through like the first verses of songs constantly wow uh <laughs> Sounds like quite it, an experience. It was, yeah, it was tiring, but it's just like none of them were getting up to do anything. It's just like, it's a weird sort of politeness thing where it's like, I don't know, uh, I don't want to keep singing, but I'm not going to ask them to sing and they're not going to stop me <laughs> singing. So it's like, I'm just going to keep singing. Um, I did eventually pick some Disney songs, which my sister and I could do duets on. So I think that was, we kind of wound down from that. <laughs> So wait, how long were you? It sounds like you were yeah, singing for like hours. Like a half an hour. Okay, all right. Half an hour, okay. An hour where it's just like, <laughs> did a few songs and I was like, okay, uh, I guess right. I gotta keep doing another song. <laughs> okay. Hotel California, we all know this one. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, sweet Caroline. You will live until 90, but must choose either the mind or body of a 30-year-old for the last 60 years which you choose okay okay uh so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna live until 90 the mind or the body of a 30 year old for the last 60 years oh absolutely absolutely body absolutely (laughs) i think this is a i think this is absolutely uh you seem very very confident i'm absolutely sure of this because i think there's a large assumption about that about this that the that the mind is going to decay uniformly and i think there are people who have perfectly lucid minds and intelligent minds by the time they're 90 and of course obviously i think we're all familiar with people my both my grandparents you know alzheimer's they don't remember a thing uh they need people to take care of them but that's largely a product of the fact that their bodies have become uh aged and so i think yeah if i'm gonna be if i could be a 30 year old with the mind of a 90 year old do you understand how wise i would be how <laughs> how insane that would be i mean 30 i think i i don't know as I, I don't know what the sort of golden years for you know a guy are or is but i feel like 30 is like an, an even spot you're no longer in your 20s you have the sort of yeah uh, adult respectability but then <laughs> you have your a perfectly useful body for, for the next 90 years. It's like, you can still date. You can still have like a ton of fun, go hang gliding, rock climbing. 
you want you, if you get to 90 and you have the mind of a a 30 year old but not the body you can't do anything anymore I th- and i so i think I've, i i guess my answer does stem from the confidence that like i i have no idea what's in my genetics and what my mind is going to be like when i'm 90 but mm-hmm. i'd rather take that shot than have it turn out the opposite way where i'm perfectly sane but have mm-hmm. an immobile body mm-hmm. yeah that's a really interesting question because it's like is the mind not part of the body and like it, like how how much does your body's decay have to go with, like with your with your brain's decay and now now uh, now i don't know yeah, i was ga- I, yeah yeah i was gonna say question. mind but I think you. I think you like just changed my mind with your right. answer. I, <laughs> like I, I feel very convinced um, by your response. I, th- yeah. I think if they if they adjusted the question to be like either or, like your body has to be great, but your mind is shit, or yeah, vice versa, exactly. then I think it's a it's a little more difficult to 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 answer. But I think as yeah. it is, yeah. No, I, I think I agree with you. I think I would go with with body over mind. Yeah. Sounds good to me. It's a deal. (laughs) Cool. Um, All right. Question eight. Do you have a secret hunch about how you will die? Wow. (laughs) That's, huh. I can't say that I've thought about it a lot. I mean, when I was, it's funny, when I was, like, younger in, like, my early teens, I would always be like, you know, I can't, I can't picture myself getting old. That means I'm probably going to die when I'm younger. And then, and, 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 you know, then I got older and I was like, that's child logic. Like it doesn't, (laughs) it doesn't make any sense. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, I eat probably more fatty foods than I should. (laughs) And like, I, I exercise like a decent amount, but, um, I feel like maybe if I had to predict something, it would probably be like something health related. Like my heart is just like stop eating shitty foods and then it stops and I die. Secret hunch. (sighs) I think, you know, if I think about just like natural physics, I guess the non-boring, like I guess I'll die in my sleep, you know, happy in my bed sort of thing. Uh, I think about, you know, I think, that's like the most plausible so that I'll just die in my sleep just because something kicks out. I like to stay healthy. I like to think that I eat healthy and that I don't, I'm not gonna have a propensity for heart disease. That's good. Uh, I think about, I think about, yeah, I get maybe, maybe this is only stoked by modern, modern events, but I think about uh, what's gonna happen to the world. Uh, <laughs> and I do think about that a lot. I think. I do think about uh, the propensity for violence and how close it comes faster than you can react to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I don't know if we're that far, I don't know if we're that close to really sort of a a violent rift in the United States, but I think if I think about by the time I'm going to die, maybe by the time in the 30s or, you know, 30 or 40 years from now, and what kind of state that's in and whether the middle class is above water or whether automation has taken it all down and whether or not we've gotten enough back from the corporates that have taken all the surplus labor or whether we're just slaves to a system or fighting on the fringes at that point. 
I find it less of a stretch to imagine that by the time, if that were to happen in 40 or 50 years, that I wouldn't die by some sort of violence. Uh, either having been, I don't know, either my, my family no longer being able to survive and I just like, and everyone's out on the streets and we all die from exposure or we're taking up arms. Uh, oh boy. You know, yeah, no. it's, it, got, yeah it, it got pretty dark, but I suppose that's the, the ultimate fear when it comes to like, what's the, what's at the end of the road for uh, a nation where democracy takes a, takes a pause. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm reading a brave new, I'm reading a brave new world right now. Not even a brave new world. I thought it was a brave new world. It's a, a brave new world revisited where the author oh. takes another look at it 25 years later. Oh. And it's incredible. Literally just uh, finding so many quotable passages just about the nature of propaganda and demagoguery and controlling of a nation through, uh, yeah, just how you can control a nation and, you know, very much so it's, uh, it's like leading with the, the carrot as opposed to the stick as is in 1984. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. uh, I mean, I'll, I'll button it by, by saying that I have looked into, you know, what are handgun laws in, in New York City. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <sighs> All right, question number nine. Name three things you and your partner appear to have in common. <laughs> <laughs> Appear to have in common. Appear appears appears so easy. It's like yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to just go with simple things. Uh, you know, um, I think we both appreciate the arts. Uh, I think we both have a fairly liberal mindset uh, about uh, the world. Um. think we both seem pretty earnest and straightforward interesting um i was gonna go with just like surface level stuff but oh, now yeah. i'm like sorry i, I, need I, to work the harder. I mean i know we're both wearing know, blue shirts i was just gonna say uh, that we was both gonna went be the to first nyu one. yeah <laughs> sorry am i swiping those? colored shirts um we both need corrective uh lenses i'm wearing oh, okay. contact lenses and you were wearing glasses um See, I wouldn't have known that. I couldn't have known <laughs> See, that. See, there you go. Um, we both have straight hair. Um, I believe you've covered the, the more internal <laughs> side of that question. So I will leave it at that. <laughs> All right, question 10. For what in your life do you feel most grateful? Um, I've actually been thinking about that a lot lately. Um, I mean, keeping with the political theme of this of this conversation um, after the election, um, I kind of just felt like a lot of hopelessness. And it was right before Thanksgiving, and I was like, wow, I'm not thankful for anything. Like, everything is terrible. <laughs> um, and then um, as everything has kind of died down a little bit, I've, I've kind of been thinking more critically about what's important to me and um, a, a big thing lately was um, just my friends. Um, this year, uh, my, my, my birthday's in November and uh, this was the first year that I had had 
like a, a birthday party that I'd thrown like a birthday party for myself in probably like five or six years. And uh, it's one of those things where you kind of think like, oh, I don't want to do anything like I don't want to invite like too many people and like I, I don't want to invite too, too few people and then like nobody shows up and like and so I was just freaking out about the logistics of it and I was like okay I'll do something like low-key like I had um, a little get-together like at a bar in my neighborhood and I was just like so blown away by just my friends who came and just like how generous they were with like their time and I mean everybody just wants to buy you drinks on your birthday yeah. <laughs> and I was like oh my god um, so it just really made me think about the just the incredible people that I have in my life and and you know how did I get so lucky to to surround myself with these awesome people so definitely right now it's it's friends what was the question exam if for what are you most grateful for what in your life do you feel most grateful most grateful most grateful I think this has been a hard question for me to conceptualize recently I I think <clears throat> I just I guess I, when I think about what I'm grateful for or what I don't want to take for granted, I think about just my state of existence. It's very broad. Yeah. I, I understand at first. <laughs> but, you know, anything and everything could be worse at all times. It's like I could be poor. Mm -hmm. I could be physically unhealthy. I mm -hmm. could be I, – I was born in the 1990s. I could have been born in the 1890s. Hype, uh, speculatively but it's just mm -hmm. that there is nothing at all that i i had any control over when it comes to life so it's like i have to be grateful for everything really mm -hmm. there there it's like there's no one thing that i can point to and be like that's responsible for the good in my life because right. you know i'm you know i'm grateful to my mother i'm grateful to uh <laughs> i guess I, if if i think about something that i probably think about most in terms of trying not to take for granted recently it's probably uh it's probably my parents because i think about you know uh you know uh, i'm 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 chinese i come i have a lot of friends who had uh tiger parents that really kind of restricted what they what sort of freedoms they had in their life and my mom had a, a, a more liberal mindset because i think she not not necessarily an arranged marriage but they had a they had, you know, suggested marriages, if I can call it that, yeah. where they kind of shop you around in front of their, their friends and are like, hey, he's really cool. It's like, <laughs> I think our kids would be great. And both my parents were like the only ones to go to college from the entire town, you know. So it's like, oh, wow. they're the only ones who got out. Mm -hmm. And so I think they're probably grateful for that. Mm -hmm. that they got to stay out of uh, China in, in most of the 60s, in most of the 90s. Uh, mm -hmm. um, and so when I think about that, I think my mom had a similar mindset. They divorced because, and so I think that led to my mom thinking, having a more liberal mindset of like, you know, I don't want my life, I don't want to control my kid's life in the same way my life was sort of guided. And mm -hmm. so she let me go into the arts uh, with her blessing because, you know, she figured if I was smart enough to do well in school, studying math and science, that I could put my mind to doing it otherwise. Um, nice. But yeah. Very nice. Cool. I think it's, that was me. I think it's you. If you could change anything about the way you were raised, what would it be? Ooh, thematic. <laughs> um, I think we, I feel like a lot of the flaws I find in myself are stem from the way I was raised. I think that's true of most people. It's very, it's a very Freudian stance. <laughs> yeah. um, I think the way I was raised was I was 
told to work hard, you know, or I would be strongly disciplined. And I think that developed a lot of internal pressures in myself to satisfy goals given from a higher authority. And, you know, and I talked about video games before, and I, I think it relates in that video games are very much escapism where I can just satisfy these goals in the game without risk or reward, just mindlessly. And I didn't have to think so much. I didn't have to do anything. There was nothing I was responsible to. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, I think that that is the problem that has come from most of our generation really is that we've lived a life of being compelled to a goal granted from outside us. Mm-hmm. And thus once we exit that system, after 18 years, we have no capacity to formulate our own goals. And I think mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. that is something that affects a lot of us. Um, and I think for me, you know, I think I've, I embody it as well. It's like, I don't know what I want to do because I've been told what to do all my life. Right. And it's a, to achieve some arbitrary scholastic metrics. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, if I could change anything, it's like you go back in time and you're like, who would I be if I didn't change? I, I, I just, I think I would have, been a much if i would did worse in school but it was just allowed to be more confident and headstrong and dumb that i would have more of an aim in life who knows if i would be as good at what i do or anything that i do mm-hmm. and i don't know you know if you can change something who knows what it's the yeah, butterfly effect is it like is it gonna make me a worse <laughs> person i don't know but i think if those were the things I, I could fix i think i would fix that i often don't know what i want to do yeah <clears throat> or, or I that have- i get worried about the consequences. Yeah. I had kind of a similar thing growing up where it was very much instilled in me to follow the rules, do well in school, um, do what you're told. Um, and I did discover that as I, you know, graduated and went to college and then graduated college. And then I was like, okay, what's next? Like, there's nobody here telling me, um, what I should be doing. There's no like guidebook. I'm not hitting any specific goals. Like I, what do I do now? Um, so I guess in that sense, I do wish I'd, I'd kind of been given a little bit more room to be more headstrong and 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 spontaneous and kind of uh, had more uh, uh, creativity, I would say. Um, I guess I'd also say just in a practical sense, um, I was never really taught about finances growing up (laughs) um and uh that uh really uh, screwed me over when it came time to attend nyu as i'm sure um you you understand (laughs) but uh, you know at uh at 18 like i had no concept of what sixty thousand dollars a year meant Mm -hmm. um just big numbers right exactly and it was just like oh you mean i get to go to my dream school sure here i'll sign on the dotted line um and none of that really mattered to me until you know four years later I graduated and then it was like oh now I have to pay all of this back how's that gonna work um so yeah I do wish I had I had been given a little bit more of a financial education Mm -hmm. um feel like it would have benefited me a lot in the long run (laughs) for sure yeah we're all learning about it now (laughs) exactly it's a little too late (laughs) all right Question 12. If you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one quality or ability, what would it be? Hmm. <laughs> quality or ability? Um, I guess in terms of just like pure fantasy, um, <laughs> I've, been, uh, I've been trying to teach myself Italian 
on uh, okay. on uh, Duolingo, uh, <laughs> and it just it takes so long <laughs> to learn <laughs> to learn a yeah, new I was language. Yeah, it's uh, it's really tough. Um, I grew up only only knowing how to speak English, and you know, took the odd like Spanish class in high school, and nothing really stuck. Um, so I think if I had to pick something right now, like an ability that I could that I could gain, it would be like the ability to like learn a language like in a week, you know, just like pick it all up like a sponge. And I think that would be really fun because I, I, I really want to travel more and like go to different countries. And I think that would be very helpful. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, quality or ability. <laughs> <coughs> I mean, I feel like I feel like what I think about right now is that I can think of any number of like superpowers or qualities that would like enable me to just live my life to the to the uh, I don't know the most ridiculous <laughs> maximal point. It's like I oh super like flight telekinesis the ability <laughs> yeah. to turn whatever I touch into gold. It's like these are all sorts of ways that I can. It's like the the number of ways in which I can break reality and make my life as good as possible. I think is infinite, but I'm yeah. I can't help but try to think about what's the way that I could do that what is a what is an ability that could come from me that I could do that for hypothetically everybody because it's like if I could do that if it's infinite why not why limit it to me this is I could and I don't know what that is and I think that's a lot more elusive like I don't know give if I had the ability to just give everybody knowledge just by touching (laughs) them or something or to I mean seeing the future I could you know, obviously influence world events. It's like any number of things could enable me to become the global dictator, <laughs> which is not necessarily what I want to do. I mean, I'd like to think that I would, because it's like you know, I could do any, if I were invisible, I could rob banks and just like benefit myself and then become like a dictator. Or if I could mind control people, I could change the world. But it's like, I'd like to think that I, I could do something. If you it, had to pick one. If I had to pick what one. Would I, I know, I know. That's the problem. Is like, I, I, <sighs> What's the best? Because it's like no, there's there are no issues in this world save for. Uh, I, I guess my, mind control. Mind control. <laughs> if you had to pick one, it'd be yeah. mind control. Yeah. All right. And and just hope that I'm I'm a benevolent person. <laughs> hope that it doesn't corrupt you. Yeah, you know. All right. All right. <laughs> If a, question 13, if a crystal ball could tell you the truth about yourself, your life, the future, or anything else, what would you want to know? Oh, wow. <sighs> loaded, loaded, loaded. <laughs> um, yeah, basically, yeah, if I could, if I could know any, if I could have omniscience, what would, what would I want to know? <sighs> Fuck. <laughs> Just. It looks like you're going through a real dilemma, right? Yeah, now. because like, I, I think it's, 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 it's simultaneously broad, trivial yeah. and Well, you could go uh, like the same way. Abstract. It's like, you could do like, yeah, you it's know, like what's if the, I say the answer, if I was my answer, I was like, the lottery I want to know, be, yeah. yeah, I want to know how to fix the world entirely. It's like, that's a trivial answer. It's like, but we already know how to fix the world. It's how do you do it? And it's <laughs> yeah. like, what's the, what's the recipe for fixing the world? <sighs> it's like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I hate spoilers, so definitely nothing from the future. Um, <laughs> you don't want like any yeah, world, I guess, world events spoiled for you. Uh, tell me the truth about myself. That's like, oh, I could go to a psych. I guess I could go to a, a really good therapist for that. Uh, my <laughs> life, the future. So it's like nothing from the future. I don't care. 
uh, unless you know yeah unless it's just for self-interest like lottery mm-hmm. numbers or which stock is going to explode tomorrow mm-hmm. um i think i would want to know like yeah what what how what's the exact way to set humanity on a way towards uh utopia i'm pretty sure the crystal ball will be talking to you for like 12 hours yeah it would be but that's why that's the only answer that is interesting because that's the only one that i think is the most difficult you know everything else is just maximizing individual utility yeah that's that's my useless (laughs) answer no that's not useless um I just, at the risk of sounding cliche, I really want to know what those lottery numbers are. <laughs> I just, I yeah. just really want to know. Uh, we've all seen Paycheck. It know, would like, be, and I mean, like, it, it sounds like a very, I mean, it does sound like a very selfish answer, and I guess it, it kind of is <laughs> in, in a way, but like, you know, I, I, it, I think it would be great to kind of like be able to start my own charity and kind of, you know, focus on issues that are really important to me and kind of make mm-hmm. a a small difference in the world. So, yeah. I mean, of, of course, of course, at first I'd be, you know, paying off my student loans and <laughs> <laughs> helping my mom buy a house. And yeah, then, you know, no, I get you get into the, the well, charitable giving aspect of it. Know, and, hey, who yeah. says it has to be the first lottery number? You could do every lottery number. That's, That's true. That, at that uh, yeah. point, they would probably restrict you from buying lottery <laughs> tickets. So who knows how useful that would be. <laughs> yeah. How long wow. I could ride that wave, yeah. but yeah. Put it all in stocks. <laughs> Okay. Question 14. Is there something that you've dreamed of doing for a long time? Why haven't you done it? Fuck. Ooh. <laughs> Have I been reacting that way after every question? <laughs> I, think so. I think so. Something I've dreamed of doing for a long time. Um, I guess since I've already brought it up, like I really, I want to travel a lot more. Um I, I haven't been out of the country a lot. Um, I studied um, for a semester at NYU's campus in Florence, which was incredible. Um, did the Commedia program or the writing program? No, um, it was just like a general okay. general thing. I didn't I didn't go for, as part of my my drama credits, but um, it just it made such a, a huge impression on me. That was the first time I'd ever been out of the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, it was just such an overwhelming and exciting experience to be in this place where, you know, I didn't know the language, um, you know, there were all these customs I didn't know, trying all this amazing food, um, meeting really cool people, um, the art, I mean, it's just fabulous. And, and so I, I've, I've, I've dreamed of, of traveling a lot more. Um, and I guess the uh, the only thing really holding me back is is financial reasons. Yeah. Um, you know, if 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 I could, you know, look in the crystal ball and get the the lottery <laughs> numbers, and you know, then I'd be then I'd be set. Um, but then again, it's like, do I do I make excuses for for not traveling enough? Like, do mm-hmm. I tell myself that I can't really afford it when I can, and I just you know don't want to? Um, so that's something that I've kind of been struggling to to balance lately. Um, but yeah, that'd be my answer. Uh, I guess I mean it's gonna it's probably one of the the tritest things uh, in this <laughs> in this field. Uh, but I've never done stand up, um, mm. and I want to because I think within stand up it encapsulates everything that I am afraid of. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think it, wanting people to make people laugh is sort of second. It's tangential to the fact that I just want 
you know, I don't know, I guess I want people to like me, but it's stand up is one of those things where you really have to completely, you're not going to make everyone like you, you have to live. It's literally getting rid of that, that mm-hmm. instinct of, of that self-consciousness to just mm-hmm. not care anymore yeah. about other people's opinions. And I think that's the one thing that holds me back a lot is that I worry about, uh, I worry about my social status and I worry about whether people like me. And I think that doing that Mm-hmm. would be the fastest way to do that. And also, you know, I very much admire the funniest people and it's like mm-hmm. they have such quick wits and I think that's in a positive way. It's like I would love to be able to refine that. It's like nothing makes me freeze up more than like criticism. It's like I can right, take criticism yeah. from a friend because there's no threat. But, you right. know, when you get criticism from a stranger or like you get in an altercation at like a bar or something, it's like that's a different criticism. That makes your heart, that makes you, that gives your, gets your adrenaline kicking. And it's like mm-hmm. I want to get away from that. The idea that like someone who means nothing to me, really, right. a stranger can elicit a fight or flight response in me. Yeah. And I think that that's what I would want to get, do stand up for to, to work on. Yeah. That's funny. That actually brings up um, kind of the same thing for me. I used to love um, doing comedy like I would do sketch comedy um, and, uh, you know, I, I felt like I was pretty good at it and I, I love doing it. Um, and then I kind of got a, got to a certain point where it just, you know, it's, it's, you have to be willing to like laugh at yourself and make yourself into like a, an idiot. And I, I've never done stand up, um, but it seems like it would be so gratifying and, and rewarding. Um, so I guess I could add that to my, my list of things that I've dreamed of doing. Um, and then what's keeping me back is kind of what you were talking about with it. The whole, you know, it's, it's putting yourself out there and. Mm-hmm. You know, again, coming from someone who who went to school for acting, it's like, well, isn't that what you wanted to do? But it's yeah. it's it really, it's I it's very overwhelming. I don't and know it, what we wanted to do. What we wanted to do is get famous doing something fun and make a lot of money and become Hollywood stars. And yeah, once exactly. we realize that isn't a thing anymore, it's <laughs> yeah, like, no. well, what's the carrot at the end of this stick now? You know? Right, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, besides a uh, self self, what's the word? Not self fulfillment, but uh, self actualization. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the uh, dream. <laughs> 15. What is the greatest accomplishment of your life? Uh, (laughs) Wow. It's it's like we're all just so framed by our accomplishments, which is why. Just brag. Just brag here. (sighs) I guess. I mean, I think the thing that has been the biggest benefit to my life so far is uh, I did a Snickers commercial uh, in 2015. uh, Nice. And it was a big national commercial. It. it sent it shot in London. I got to travel. What? I got to see another country, and then I got some really fat paychecks out of it that yeah. enabled me to uh, kind of give me a reason to study finance and politics. Good for you. Uh, that's awesome. So I guess that, yeah, that's the it's the greatest accomplishment so far. That's if impressive. we're yeah. qualifying accomplishments that way, yeah. go Snickers. Is that on YouTube? I want to see. Oh that. yeah, it is. Yeah, okay. you can see it. <laughs> You're have to tell me how to find that. Yeah. Um, yeah, biggest accomplishment. Um, my my joking answer that I usually say when someone asks me this is, um, I uh, at NYU um, I was dorming at uh, um, Broom Street, and mm-hmm. uh, we had like a residence hall event, and we went to. It's called the DJ Scratch Academy. 
in Cooper <laughs> Square. And okay. it was founded by like one of the members of Run DMC. Oh, and it's like a it's like a DJ academy. Like they do DJ classes. So there were like twenty of us, and we get set up like at these like turnstiles, and they taught Turn us like tables. how to yeah. Turn, <laughs> Jesus, turntables. Clearly, great. I learned a lot yeah. while I was there. Um, but they they teach you like different scratches, and mm-hmm. and so it was sweet. it was really fun. And then we had uh, the class ended with a contest, and so. <laughs> Um, everybody got to go up and like they put some music on and everybody kind of did their own scratching and then mm-hmm. there were like two guys who were judging us and uh, I won. I oh won the contest. Um, apparently I accidentally did like a really difficult scratch <laughs> and they were like blown away and I was like, wow, oh, cool. <laughs> so I won a t-shirt. Um, <laughs> so I was, I was, I'm very proud. I remain very proud of that. Um, and then I guess if I'm if I'm being serious, um, biggest accomplishment. I don't know. Now I'm like, have I ever really thought about it beyond like the joking answer? I don't know that I have. Um, oh my god! <laughs> I know, right? Ter- now you understand why I react to these oh, questions. No. <laughs> it's like I can name some. <laughs> accomplishments but i mean that's a pretty like they're tan- important they're that's like a tangible yeah. that's a pretty tangible accomplishment i mean i think maybe my i would say maybe getting into nyu i feel like that was that's, a pretty big deal big in deal. my life um it kind of took me away from my hometown which is you know my family's there but it's there's, it's nothing special mm-hmm. um and it brought me to new york which is yeah. a city that i love it's and all my friends are here yeah mm-hmm. so i'd say that was a pretty solid accomplishment All right. So now we are at 16. What do you value most in a friendship? Hmm. I would say I value someone who's a great listener. Um, I, I feel like you... As, as you kind of like get older and, and start meeting new people, you kind of discover how easy it is for people to just kind of like talk about themselves like mm-hmm. on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, the friends I think that I value the most are the ones who will, you know, talk about themselves but then ask me like, how, how are you doing? Like, what have you been up to? And, mm-hmm. and um I feel like they're kind of difficult to come by sometimes. You know, it's it's really easy to just, and I mean, I'm sure I'm guilty of it too. It's it's, it's easy to just kind of get caught up in your own stuff and just when you when you meet up with someone and they're like, oh, how are you doing? And you're like, well, you know, at work, mm, all this yeah. shit's going on, and and you just keep going on and on and on. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's something that I have to remind myself to do is to stop and you know really connect with this other person and be like, yeah. that's me, but like, what about you? What are you up to? Um, and I feel like it's the mark of like someone who's, who, you know, is conscientious and really cares about you and, and, and cares about where you are in life and what you're doing. Uh, I think, I think the number, I think the number one thing I'd, I'd look for in a friendship, uh, you know, reliability notwithstanding, because you got to be able to get in touch with your friend consistently, <laughs> uh, but I think as far as uh, 
if we can assume that, that the, the best quality I think is, is someone you can have fun with. I think mm-hmm. that the people that the, the, the friends that I value the most are the people who I can do the stupidest bits with and we can just like laugh ourselves silly mm-hmm. continuing with these bits and you're not worried about how you look or how you feel or what you might lose or what you stand. you know, you're not mm-hmm. worried. I, and I guess it, it, it kind of combines a lot of things, you know, cause you can't have fun if you're worried. So obviously, right. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess people who I'm perfectly comfortable with mm-hmm. and that are fun that, that I guess make me, uh, that together we sort of realize a funner potential than we could have just by ourselves. <laughs> yeah, it's the, like, you the know, sum you, of the two of you yeah, is like it's greater like, than There's plenty of friends who I, you know, I, I feel like I have friends who it's like I'm c- completely comfortable about them around them and I don't really think I have anything to lose from them, but they're not mm-hmm. the fun, you know, but the fun <laughs> friends are the, are the ones that make you feel happiest, you know? I yeah. Think that that's a big thing for me. Yeah. Question 17. What is your most treasured memory? Ooh. Wow. That's a hard one. I have a really bad memory. Um, so, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so it's uh, from a week ago. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, I had breakfast this morning. Um, <laughs> treasured, treasured, treasured. Um, it's just like I feel like I could go into some... Fuck, what, is, what would I do? <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, there's like crazy work events there's like crazy things that i've done but it's like they're just good stories it's like if i had to lose it like would i be happier or sadder <sighs> treasured i can i can say mine if you want no, no, no. I, mean, <laughs> I mean if if you have yours if you want but I'm, i don't want to i don't want to break break the structure <laughs> you can yeah sure uh, <laughs> if, if, you, if you've got one i'll i'll try to listen while also thinking about it <laughs> Um, I mean, for me, I, I would say, um, to get a little bit more, uh, a little bit more, uh, in depth here, um, my dad died when I was 10 in a car accident. Mm -hmm. And so pretty much any memory I have of him is like, is very treasured. Um, considering it was so long ago, like there's a lot that I've forgotten, Mm -hmm. um, but you know, I'll get like little snippets of memories sometimes where like we went to go see a movie together um and you know just like riding in the car together and I remember there's one one time we were listening to like Aerosmith's Don't Want to Miss a Thing and you know just like cruising along and it's just like these little kind of snippets that that stand out in my mind so um those are definitely my most my most treasured memories okay I think I think that kind of helped spark something for me or at least I I went towards what I felt initially um, I think I had a, you know, I had a best friend in high school. I saw him over winter break, you know, he's pretty much the same. We're all the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think, I think there's something to, it's very much a nostalgia sort of loss of innocence thing. It's mm-hmm. just like, you know, there was a point in high school where we just fucking drove around, went to <laughs> Arby's, Steak and Shake, Taco Bell, nice. dinner comedy shows, <laughs> and very much, you know, listened to Meatloaf and Daft Punk. <laughs> riding along in the car and it's uh-huh. not so much any specific instance but it's i think just that nostalgia of just riding along in a car with your best friend not a care in the world mm-hmm. listening to music yeah and it's just like that sort of it's very americana it's very mm-hmm. uh what's the what, what's that one movie about 
I don't remember. It's like from the seventies and it's like kids and it's like they, they smoke weed. Days and Confused. Days and Confused. There yeah. It's go. very much that sort of thing. It's just like that movie's about nothing, but it's just, it's, it's just kids just living life, but yeah. they don't have to worry about anything. And mm-hmm. I think that sort of going back to that time where I didn't have to worry about anything is I think something, I, I guess that sticks out as an, you know? Yeah. Nice. All right. 18. What is your most terrible memory? Wow. Fuck. Oh, boy. <laughs> well. Hmm. <laughs> um. Well. I would say, for me, it was, um, <clears throat> so I, I already mentioned my, my dad died, mm-hmm. um, and, sorry, this is going to get really heavy, um, <laughs> but I, I guess with that question, it kind of asked you, right? Um, so... Uh, growing up, I had uh, I had a couple of friends who lived next door, and um, one of them, Jeff, uh, he was a few years older than I was, um, and uh, he ended up uh, dying in a car accident uh, exactly seven years after my dad died, so on the same day, seven years later. And my most terrible memory is probably um, my mom getting a phone call from his dad, um, just saying what had happened. And I guess at that point he was in the hospital, um, and he hadn't, um, he was still alive. And, uh, I, I just remember my mom telling me what she had heard and just, uh, like my complete and utter, like horror at what was going on. Um, like that's just, just the bottom for me, probably. I think... That <laughs> was a lot. Sorry. <laughs> no apologies. Uh, mine, I think... I, 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 was, I had a little bit of a tie, for, but I think I narrowed it down uh, to when I was very little. I think this was, like, very, very young. One of those things, it's like, I don't remember what age I was. I don't remember anything else, but, like, some blank context. And it's like, I think my mom was, like, lying on the couch. And I think she was just, like not in a good mood or something, you know, working hard or whatever. And I, I tried to come over and I tried to give her a kiss on the cheek and she pushed me away. And I think that was something that's, I don't know if I've ever traced it to anything, but I feel like it was pretty jarring to me as a kid. Mm. Was that like the first time that you ever remember her like doing something like that or? It's, well, I guess it's the only memory. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I have a pretty bad memory. It's, you know, <laughs> it's only the things that make you feel something that you remember. Right, you right. Know? It's like, uh, like well, the few things I remember from my childhood are like that, you know, sticking a fork in a socket. Like, those are things where it's like, Wait, you'll you remember. Really, you really <laughs> but, did that? Oh, yeah. I was, I was like a two-year-old. I, oh I don't know, two or three or whatever age it, it is that you can conceptualize, oh, this thing looks like it fits in that thing. Let's see what happens. And... 
it just shocks you enough that you have a memory of it. And I think that was, you know, yeah, it was just another thing. All right. My turn. Halfway. Question 19. If you knew that in one year you would die suddenly, would you change anything about the way you are now living? Why? <clears throat> oh, yeah, of course. Uh, fuck, yeah, things would matter a lot less. Uh, the trivial things, mm -hmm. you know, definitely not really getting famous or, you know, making a lot of money or getting married or having kids anymore. Uh, I think I would probably have to focus on... <laughs> you know, handling the estate <laughs> that is myself, you know, <laughs> I'd have to be like, mom, Hey, okay. Like, I guess we'll, you know, just give it all to my sister or something like that or figure out what to do with it or like, see if there is any sort of see what else I can do that has meaning mm -hmm. once my own meaning is moot, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, I'd probably spend more time with my friends and family for sure. Um, I'm I'm definitely an introvert, and I like prefer to like be hanging out by myself most of the time. Um, so I feel like I would make much more of an effort to call people up and be like, "All right, let's get out, let's go do something." Um, I mean, there's always that like list of things that you have been like meaning to do, but just keep yeah. putting off. So I'd be making a list my bucket list i guess um <laughs> i'd be i'd be doing Early that bucket list. yeah right um so definitely be doing that and and to go with um kind of the traveling that i had been talking about earlier i would be I'd be booking some trips and and getting out there and seeing as much of the world as i can before i died 20 beyond what you value in friendship what does friendship mean to you Hmm. I would say to kind of go along with what you were talking about earlier, I think friendship means to me someone that you can like be fully yourself around, like someone that you're like on the same wavelength, um, someone you know is there for you, um, it's 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 like a it's a connection it's like a, a a true connection between you and someone else where it's like all self-consciousness is gone um you know you can fight but still at the end of the day know that you have each other's backs um yeah I would say that the connection is the most important thing um and that you just feel like you can be, be yourself with that person and that they won't judge you for who you are yeah, I guess if I were to define friendship, it's just like, yeah, it's, it's, it's like-mindedness. It's like mm -hmm. you, you know, you can tell that the best, the most intimate people are the people who they can, it seems like they're reading their, each other's thoughts. It's like, mm -hmm. you don't, there's no risk because you already know they're thinking the same thing or that they at least don't think it's a bad thing. And right. it's like, that's what lets you be comfortable. It's because you know that they're not going to judge you negatively for it. Mm -hmm. It's like they agree already, yeah. <laughs> which is weird. But yeah, I guess it would be people who 
think like you, I mm. guess. Yeah. I like that. I think that's a good way to put it. What roles do love and affection play in your life? <laughs> Baby. Uh, I, like the, I liked the way you read that, too. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah just, uh, soaking it up as, like as the love. words came out. Yeah, it's a mouth. Dr. Love show. What roles do love and affection play in your life? Uh, if I have people I like or friends, then it's like I'm affectionate towards them. I want to, like do things that make them feel good because it makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Um, it's love is obviously the, the, one of the more loaded phrases because I think I have a, you know, I think I have a looser interpretation of love, which is just like, you know, just, it's just like a different scale of affection and friendship. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, there's people who it's there's people I've dated people who I've said, I love you too. And, you know, some of those people are very much still in my life and we have a great deal of affection for each other. And it's like, even if we aren't specifically, you know, seeing each other in any sense, mm-hmm. you know, they still affect us because it's like, I not worry, but I think about them and I want them to be happy. And it's like, if there's something that I think I can do to make them feel happy, like, I don't know, like it text them a link to something that I know that they'll appreciate. It's like, that's. Mm-hmm. It, that guides it guide yeah i guess it it, 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 it it guides what i try to do is i guess that would be the role that love and affection plays in my life hmm yeah i would say for me it probably like doesn't play an, enough of a role in my life to be honest i feel like for me almost love and affection are things that like need to be expressed more so than like things that I feel you know for for me they're more like love is more of like an an action rather than like a feeling you know like uh, like you were saying like things that that like you know if if you know someone is going to like something you text it to them so they can enjoy it you know like that for me that's like that's like love for me um uh, I probably like don't tell the people in my life enough that I that I love and appreciate them and like probably don't show enough affection towards them. Um, that's something I always kind of feel like I need to be working on. Um, but yeah, and I would say maybe in like a romantic sense, um, it also like hasn't had a, a ton of of, uh, of a role in my life lately. Um, like I said, I kind of just, uh, I get, I get into ruts sometimes where like, I'm, I just like hanging out by myself and, and being at home. And then I kind of get, get stuck in that behavior and, and kind of don't make enough of an effort to kind of get out there and, and meet people and, and make new connections. Um, so yeah, I guess my answer <laughs> would be like, I, I wish that I need to work on having those things play more of a role in my life. All right, 22. Alternate sharing something you consider a positive characteristic of your partner. Share a total of five items. There's a question mark at the end of that. (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) Share a total of five items. Okay. 
That was a real like. What's the, what I'm Ron Burgundy again? moment. Uh, something, <laughs> something you consider a alternate sharing. Something you consider a positive characteristic of your partner. Okay. Share a total of five items. Okay. So I will start. Um, you seem very thoughtful. You put a lot of like thought into all of your answers, um, to an extent that makes me feel like I'm not thinking enough about them. <laughs> so I think that's I think that's a good thing. Uh, I think you, you seem very sweet. Oh. Yeah. Right. Right. Whatever your interpretation of that is. I'll, t- I'll take that. No. Um, I think that you are, I, I like that you're kind of like financially minded. I think it's really, I feel like we're on the same page about that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's really important. Um, yeah. I feel like I, uh, struggling to think of something. I see. Yeah, well, struggling, <laughs> struggling not to, to 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 steer into just the superficial at this point. Uh, <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, uh, I, I like your hair. Oh. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like that you. Uh, I guess it kind of goes along with that you're very thoughtful, but maybe maybe smart. You seem very smart. That's probably just the easiest way to say it. Uh, I think I think. I think you're very conscious I, I feel like you're level-headed uh, it's you're, you're you're pensive or thoughtful or that uh, you have a, I guess it feels like you have an, an emotional intelligence about you did I just use it like five of them I should have <laughs> saved that should have chopped it up it's all right um uh, I think I'm, I'm just going by the the fact that you were cast in a Snickers commercial, but I, I'd say you're probably a decent actor. I think that's great. Okay. <laughs> was that five? No, I think that was I, oh that was four for you. So yeah. Oh boy. Two more. Okay. Um, Just, you know, we, be- we just met. <laughs> just, just <laughs> I know. To, to, to quantify, it's like, I don't even quantify people I do know. You know, how do I do, do <laughs> yeah, it? Right. Someone, uh, I mean, from what you've told me about how you've uh, been, you know, managing your life, it seems like you're hardworking, you know. Uh, shifting careers to what you need to do at the moment? Um, I think you seem like you would be a good friend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you just seem like you value like the relationships in your life and that, you know, you, you care about those connections. Mm-hmm. 
It's on me. It's on me. <laughs> Final one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. It's like a weird thing to try and. Yeah. It's, it's like cranking it, cranking it out. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, it's not 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 so spontaneous. I hope you're not offended by taking so long to, to think. Horribly offended right now. <laughs> <laughs> you think you have, you have a good sense of humor. <laughs> okay. Right. I will take that. Fabulous. Right. <laughs> Question 23. How close and warm is your family? Do you feel your, your childhood was happier than most people? Uh, oh, wow. My family's not a very close family. Uh, I don't know if it's a Chinese thing or if it's just us specifically, but we're not very talkative i think we're I, chinese people in general if i'm gonna stereotype are characterized by extreme pragmatism it's like you know it's like it's you just don't do something if you don't need to do it uh and it's one of those things it's like you don't you know i, I guess you know we had family vacations and we do christmas and stuff like that but it's like otherwise we don't really talk a lot we don't really spend a lot of time together it's like mm -hmm. my relationship with my dad is probably a few sentences like a year it's like we talk call on the phone and I, i'm really trying to work on talking more but it's like we have nothing to talk about mm. it's like you know i recently i found some more things to talk about it's like you know how the stock's going and stuff like that but it's like other than that it's like barely any any sort of commonality has your relationship always been like that or yeah for as well as for as long as i remember my dad wasn't a very talkative guy mm -hmm. didn't really say much um, and my relationship with my mother has just been like, you know, she, she was one who I spent the most time around and it's like, she compelled me to work and she would punish me if I didn't, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, and so now that I'm, you know, years away from like having that sort of structure in my family, it's like now it's just like, I have nothing to do, but just sort of reflect on that and just realize how much closer I need to be with my family as, you know, as we get into, you know, it's like when you get, as they get old, uh, it's, uh, it's it needs uh, addressing. Mm -hmm. In my childhood, I don't think it was happier than most. I guess that depends. Uh, with other like I don't know middle class kids growing up, I think I kind of do envy sometimes how close people are to their family. It's like they'll drink or party with their parents. They can call their parents when they have problems. It's like. Mm -hmm. I, there's no point for me to call my parents when I have problems. They don't relate. They mm. have no idea what to say. They wouldn't say anything nearly as useful as my peers. I've always valued my peers uh, as sort of much more than my family, I guess, in most regards. Mm. Do you see them a lot, or probably about once a year? Oh, okay. Just around the holidays, uh, but I'm yeah, like I said, I'm trying to call my mom as mom a little more because I feel like you know I gotta I owe her that much. <laughs> Um, my family's not very close either. Um, I think, uh, it, a lot of it probably has to do with my, with my dad dying when I was younger. Um, my mom's side of the family is pretty small. Um, so I don't really have a ton of family on that side. And then we kind of, you know, fell out of touch with my dad's side of the family, um, after he died, which his side of the family is larger. Um, but I only rarely see them now. Um, um. So yeah, and, and, and my mom's side of the family, everybody's kind of 
everybody's very passive aggressive with each other. <laughs> it's like a family trait or something. I don't know. Um, but there always seems to be some sort of some sort of drama. Um, so um, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't say they're very they're very close. I mean, I'm 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 closest probably to my mom and my my brother um, out of my family members. And then um, growing up, I, I uh, you know, I, I wouldn't say I had a, a happier family or a happier kind of childhood uh, than most. Again, <clears throat> excuse me, um, kind of, uh, I mean, with my dad, it kind of just threw everything into chaos for a while. Um, so, you know, a lot of my childhood was just kind of dealing with that and, and uh, you know, my family trying to you know reconfigure ourselves and my mom trying to figure out how to raise me and my brother as a single mom which was mm -hmm. not what she was expecting to do mm -hmm. and um so there were a lot of difficulties with that I think I would say she she did try very hard to kind of um raise us as normal kids and, and tried to give us all the same experiences as any other kind of middle class kids would have had um so yeah, I'd say um, kind of besides that one kind of major life-altering kind of thing that my experience otherwise was was fairly fairly happy. Cool. Yeah. Hit me. <laughs> All right. 24. Oh, here we go. 24. How do you feel about your relationship with your mother? <laughs> well, it seems like we've already kind of <laughs> delved into this a little mm -hmm. bit. Um um, my mom and I have a, a, a complicated relationship at times. Um, we get along very well as long as I'm kind of living my life according to what she expects me to live it by, mm -hmm. um, or to the extent that I'm doing things that she wants me to do. Mm -hmm. um, uh, she's, she's always been very protective of me and very worried about me. Um, probably kind of uh, a leftover emotion from kind of what happened with my dad. She's always very concerned about like my safety and and you know where I am and what I'm doing. Um, so things were kind of a lot better when I was younger, actually, because you know we were around each other all the time, and she was my mom, and I kind of had to do what she said regardless of of anything else. Um, and then once I left home and, and went to NYU, um, that's when I kind of discovered that, that there were aspects of our relationship that kind of weren't the norm. Like it wasn't normal to have your mom like call you 12 times in a row because you didn't answer the phone the first time. Um, you know, it, it wasn't normal that she would like track your cell phone location and, <laughs> you know, what? things like that. But, you know, it's like at the at the time when I was like younger yeah, and living yeah. with her, you know, I didn't know any different. I, I didn't. I'm going to track my kids' I didn't cell phones. <laughs> I mean. I, um, so it kind of, it, it sparked a lot of fights yeah. where I was like, we need, we Privacy. need some space. Yes. I'm an adult. We need to kind of, you know, and, and for a while, I think a lot of it was she didn't really have anything else besides me and my brother it's like after my dad died she kind of threw herself into being like the best possible mom she yeah. could be and so that meant she you know put all of her attentions on me and my brother all the time and lately I would say actually our relationship has been getting a lot better she has um this boyfriend now who's like been who's great oh yeah it's very romantic um but he's he's a very nice guy I've met him a few times um and I really like him and she really likes him 
Um, and so now that she's just like spending more time with someone else, she kind of has less, <laughs> has less time to think so about like what I'm energy. doing all the time. Yeah. Um, but besides all that, she's always been very supportive of me and, and loves me a lot. And so for the most part, I'd say we do have a, a good relationship. Uh, yeah, I think I've gone over most of my relationship with my mom. Uh, I get to, I'd summarize the saying that at, at this point, I, I realize even though, you know, she, she was the, dis, she was the source of, you know, my childhood and my life. Uh, she made me who I am today for better or for worse, mm-hmm. but you know, I can't unbake the cake. All of that's in the past. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at this point, the way we relate right now is like, you know, she's at home, she works, and I guess she's just gonna, she's got the empty nest going on. It's mm-hmm. like, I think I just feel like, ha- I, I guess, guilt or like that I owe her. It's just like the the best thing I can do is just to be, you know, to, to not take what she's given me for granted, not take my life for granted and do the best things I can. And just that's mm-hmm. the sort of the best repayment, you know, besides also just like keeping in touch with her and, you know, satisfying that connection that uh make sure that i'm always staying in touch yeah i don't know how to, how to describe it just make sure she doesn't feel abandoned mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 25 what uh-oh make three true we statements each for example <laughs> we are both in this room feeling dot 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 i guess just has to start with we make three true we statements we statements okay oh boy here we go (laughs) Uh, true true so what if what if i'm wrong (laughs) i don't know how you feel you can't can't read my mind uh, exactly uh question 25 make a true we statement each for example, we are both in this room feeling blank. We're both having a good time. <laughs> yeah. I, I would. don't know. You might not be. I have a, <laughs> how can I be sure? Yeah, I would, I would uh, agree with that. How can I that. be objectively true? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was, uh, was a solid assumption. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb and say we're both uh, feeling a little bit awkward. You know, we just yeah. met. Little. Sharing all this stuff. Yeah. It's fun, but it's kind of weird. <laughs> I was I was almost gonna say awkward too, but then I was like, <laughs> what if she doesn't feel awkward now? Am I am I setting it? Is, so we're both feeling what awkward. What kind of precedent am I and setting? Fun. Yeah. <laughs> good combination. Yeah, that's yeah. That sounds fun. All right. Uh, I guess it's, it's good, you. Good time. <clears throat> Twenty-six. Complete this sentence. I wish I had someone with whom I could share dot, dot, dot. I guess I could say it's more like forward looking, but probably I wish I had someone with whom I could share a home. Like I have two roommates, but it's like, you know, it's not the same as like living with someone you are together um, with. And, you know, I kind of have that, have that dream of, you know, sharing like a cozy little like New York apartment with somebody (laughs) and, you know, living the living the couple life. I've never, you know, been in a relationship where I've lived with someone before. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's an experience that I would like to have sometime. I see. What's the wording? I wish I could I had I some- wish I had someone with whom I could share. It's not 
So I have people I, I can I can share my my hopes and dreams and feelings with already. That's good. I think, you know. <laughs> I wish I had someone I could share my journey with. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I, like I could that. come up with a better phrasing and if given more time, but I think no, that's I the think closest that thing I got in, in that like, It's not just like not sharing my dreams with, but it's like I guess it's a essentially like a, a partner in crime, someone who mm-hmm. gets me on on each and every level, and I think that's you know, I think that's that's a, a nice ideal. Yeah, I like that partner in crime. If you were to become a close friend with your partner, please share what would be important for him or her to know. What is important to know? Like about ourselves? Well, uh, I guess. Maybe. If I knew something else (laughs) that was important to know, I I would tell you probably. (laughs) Aliens are going to invade. You got to get out. The lottery Uh, numbers. Yeah, if I knew the lottery numbers, (laughs) this is important to know. Uh, What would be important for him or her to know? It's like, what's... I think I I have something. Um, I'd say it would probably be important for them to like I've, I've mentioned about how I'm an introvert and I like really value like having time to myself I think it'd be mm-hmm. important for the other person to know that you know like I just I sometimes I just need time to myself and I'm not one of those people who can just be like going 24 hours a day and and you know going out for brunch and then a movie and then this and then that like it just you need a lot of me time yeah your own time yeah I think the thing that I, I think I tell the people that are close to me most often, I guess I do find out, is that I'm, I feel like I'm never doing what I want to do. Hmm. And I think that's something that's like, well, people are always like, oh, hey, you, you know, you're shooting this stuff, you're in this thing, and it's like, Isn't, that's great, right? And, and I think there's a disconnect with realizing that I, I don't feel none of that. You know, it satisfies a short-term fulfillment. It's like oh, accomplishments and stuff, but it doesn't, it, it doesn't make me happy. And I think... It's and it's interesting to talk about that with friends because it's like it's kind of a not really in a downer sort of way where it's like oh nothing nothing mm-hmm. makes me happy but it's just I guess it, it, my close friends kind of see past superficial accomplishments and realize that I'm not satisfied with them. Yeah. All right. 28. Tell your partner what you like about them. Be very honest this time saying things you might not say to someone you just met. (laughs) (laughs) I like your red glasses. I think they're cool. Mm -hmm. I wish I could pull off red glasses. Mm -hmm. I don't think I could. Um, I I do like that you're like a very thoughtful person. You seem very like introspective. You seem Mm -hmm. like you you have a lot of perspective on your life and like your situation in life. You seem like you're very, not ambitious, but that you like you have goals that you're trying to accomplish, which I think is important to have. Um, and definitely not everybody has those. Um, and you seem probably like just like, like a like a cool person to like get a beer with and just like talk about the universe. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like we could have like very like deep, like introspective right. like conversations oh, yeah. together. You get pretty deep. Like stoned 3 a.m. conversations <laughs> yeah okay uh, let's see same thing but more honest things you wouldn't say 
uh, upon first meeting. Uh, uh, I think you're very cute. Oh. Uh, hey, <laughs> not, not normally first meeting stuff. Uh, I think I feel like I can I can see I can see uh, I guess how you would qualify introversion a little bit and I, but at the same time I think it's very endearing all right you know we're all we're all protecting ourselves in those ways mm -hmm. and I think but at the same time it's like it's cool I get it 29 share with your partner an embarrassing moment in your life oh <laughs> that's an easy one Oh really? Uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> let me try to think of like the most embarrassed moment I've ever had, and oh, they're nearly always dating related. <laughs> of course, <laughs> I think that's that's a trope. Um, oh, there's two of them. Which one is it? Oh no! I'm like, Privately really, embarrassing. I'm really excited or, about that. Okay, here's one. Uh, <laughs> I I was at I was at I was at I was at a restaurant with a I was at a restaurant with a. Her dog is raining. Yeah, I can tell. <laughs> um, I was at a restaurant with the gang after high in high school after a show. We were all working on a theater show or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, all the dudes were sitting at this table. All the girls were at another table. Just whatever. Mm -hmm. um, I liked this one girl, and I was like, "This is a funny bit because I know she likes iced teas." So mm -hmm. I asked the waitress. I was like, "Hey, could you send that girl over there an extra iced tea?" And it's like, "I'll pay for it. Whatever." Uh, <laughs> now. Yeah, and you know, a little bit of time goes by and it doesn't happen. I notice it doesn't happen. Mm -hmm. um, and the girl comes back and I'm like, hey, I just wanted to check in about that iced tea. She, she rolls her eyes, goes over to the other table and it's like, okay, some guy over there is trying to buy one of you guys an iced tea. Does anyone want an extra iced tea? Oh, and I was like, no. And I just wanted to like curl up and die. Oh. I think like most times that thing kind of thing happens. And I, you know, I, I had after the fact I was like wow. who is the, did she think we weren't friends like did she just have no sense of humor about these things oh, I had no. no idea why it happened but I think that was the most mortified in public I've ever been that's really upsetting <laughs> yeah <laughs> tell me about it oh my god wow okay um so I have I have one it is it's not dating related but um, it was also sort of dangerous, so it's <laughs> an interesting, interesting combination. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so this was shortly after I had gotten my, I think my learner's permit, mm -hmm. um, and I was going to drive me and my mom and my brother, <clears throat> excuse me, to, um, I don't, I don't even remember where we were going, but I was backing the car out of the driveway, and, um, so our, our driveway is kind of a hill. So I was backing it up the hill and then it goes up onto like a hill that kind of goes down like that. Mm -hmm. And I was backing the car up and I was pulling it down the hill to kind of like go forward and go up the hill. Mm -hmm. And as, as I'm reversing a little bit down the hill, I, I don't know what happens in my brain, but I forget where the brake is. <laughs> So oh I, I, I just, I don't, I don't hit the brake. And so the, the steering wheel still, still at an angle because yeah, I was pulling yeah. out of the driveway. And so the car starts to like 
turn down the down the hill and we go up over the curb <laughs> and like into my front yard mm-hmm. narrowly like missing smashing into my house before <laughs> i finally like connect my brain and my foot and hit the brake my the mom is screaming at me my brother is screaming at me well, everybody's where screaming where were they they my, were like watching or they were in the car with you well my mom was my mom was in the they were both yeah, in the car with me permit. yeah they were both in the car with me so my mom is just screaming she's like what is happening what <laughs> and i think at the time like i was saying something like i just i don't i don't know i don't know <laughs> like the brake i can't hit the brake the brake's not i don't know what was going on through my mind <laughs> but i was just mortified there were like some neighbors down the down the hill that were like out in their front lawn just like staring up like what the hell is going on and I was so upset. I was like, oh, my God, I could have killed my family. <laughs> and I was just horribly embarrassed. Yeah, I, still, that's, that's pretty, I still don't like to talk about it. Pretty intense. <laughs> now you know. Now I know. <laughs> All right. All right. Question 30. When did you last cry in front of another person by yourself? Ooh. Oh, boy. Okay. So in front of another person, um, I currently see a therapist, so it was her. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was definitely her. Um, and that was probably like, we last met on Thursday, so it was Thursday. <laughs> um, by yourself. Hmm. <laughs> oh, I actually... Um, I just had the stomach flu, actually, um, do it. <laughs> um, right at the beginning of the year, and uh, it was really upsetting. Like I got my 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 whole family actually got the stomach flu um, mm. at the same time, and so I just remember there was a point where I just felt so awful that I just started crying. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. Yeah, food poisoning will do that too. My you. body was just like shutting down, Ugh. and I was like, <laughs> I want to die, and I just cried. And, yeah, so that was, <laughs> was a good time. <laughs> um, last time I last time I cried in front of someone else, I don't. Uh, I think the last one I can really recall, besides like just being in a movie or something like that, mm-hmm. which I. I think it was in front of. I was having uh, this was in college and I was having a lot of trouble with this girl that I was dating at the time. Mm-hmm. And we were having because there was a lot of, uh, it's, without going too deep into it, there was a lot of uh, self harm. Mm. in the relationship or on, on, on her part and I was mm. freaking out about what to do about that yeah and I had no you know and at some point you know I mean I had plenty of crying arguments with her mm-hmm. and I think the last time I went and saw like a, a, a college counselor mm-hmm. and I was crying in front of them because I just didn't know what to do yeah uh, I think that was the last time I kind of uh, really cried in front of another person mm-hmm. um Last time I cried in front of myself, I think I was watching Children of Men. I'd never seen it before. I, I watched it this past uh, this past Christmas break because people were talking about it. And yeah. Like it's such a worthwhile movie in the current context, and I was like, "Oh my god, yes, it is." <laughs> Immigration, uh, control of people, like tyranny, fascism, like a lot of it. But yeah. I think I could not hold it in. It's, as so- you know, you never expect movie. it. You never expect it, but yep. you know when they're. Uh, have you seen it? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. When they when when they're coming out of the building mm-hmm. and the soldier you know a soldier's coming up the stairs rifles drawn they're about to mow them all down and when that soldier screamed stop yeah. cease fire i was like oh my god 
It's like I couldn't whatever you know as a director whatever he did to make that catharsis come across so well. Yeah. Of these people seeing the first baby they've seen in eighteen years. Yeah. It really hit me. I was like, that's it's a big one. That's insane. Just and they started crossing themselves and yeah. putting down their guns. It's like that made me cry. The hardest I think I've cried at watching a movie. Wow. Maybe since like Up. I don't know. <laughs> Up's another one. Yeah. That one's rough. question 31 tell your partner something that you like about them already tell your partner something that you like about them already I like about them already I feel like I've gone over a lot of things I like about them already (laughs) it's something new that I haven't gone over already Uh, I, I, I like that you seem really easy to get along with very friendly I, I, I feel like that's kind of rehashing what I've already said about your earnestness and f- sweetness. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Uh, right. Yeah, so, I, I don't know. Does that work? That's fine. I will. There's no rules. I'll listen to it again. There's, yeah, there's no, there's no rules. We're in uncharted waters. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I will say I like that you've watched Children of Men. It's great. <laughs> great film. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent right. movie. Um, you're cool. You're a cool dude. You seem cool. Well, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> All right. Hit me with number thirty-two. Thirty-two. What, if anything, is too serious to be joked about? Hmm. That's a really interesting question. Um, I don't know. It's. I. F- I feel like I've actually like thought about that a lot like you know there's always some sort of controversy with mm-hmm. a comedian going too far or or offending someone or I mean it's like because sometimes I'll hear something where I'm like "Ooh, that's a little too far but then I'm like is it is it really though like am I just saying that because yeah. you know I have a particular relationship to mm-hmm. what they're joking mm-hmm. about that that makes me say that you know I really I really don't know I'm I'm usually of the opinion that that you know everything is is up for mm-hmm. for for yeah. roasting and and yeah. um for joking i think I, you know i think humor is how a lot of people cope with really mm-hmm. terrible things and you know who are you to say that someone shouldn't joke about something yeah. you know i mean i'm sure there's a lot of arguments to the contrary but yeah. i'm usually more on the side of let people joke about what they want. Yeah, uh, yeah. As a person who who's worked in the comedy community, mm-hmm. I, I I guess I have a pretty absolutely liberal view of it that there's yeah. nothing that you can't joke about. I think, in a, on a technical level, it's like all you need to set up a joke is two contexts, mm-hmm. and mash them together. That's a joke. Uh, and so you just have to believe those things. And it's like when we think about, oh, you know, racist jokes or, you know, or rape jokes or death jokes, dead baby jokes. It's like these are things that only, you know, they, they just feel a certain way. It's like we get the structure of the joke doesn't change. It's like, you know, like three blanks walk into a bar. It doesn't matter. You can make fun of anybody doing that. It, it's it's the joke exists outside of the context a lot of the times. But mm-hmm. um so in that sense, I'm not usually worried about a joke because I can appreciate the most offensive thing because I appreciate how the joke is constructed 
whether or not I believe in the context that they're affirming. Like, if mm. you make a racist joke, you probably, you probably have, have a racist belief yeah. if you actually believe it. It's like, I don't need to share that belief, but I understand how the joke was made, I th- and I can, yeah. I can find that funny. Yeah. Uh, like, I feel like I'm usually upset, yeah. like, if the joke itself is, like, really poorly told. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's the most offensive thing is a bad joke, yeah. you know? Now you're just racist and a bad comedian. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay, cool. Move on. If you died today without talking to anyone, what would you regret not having told someone? Why haven't you told them? As opposed to like not having told, I mean, you know, I wish I, I, I told my mother I loved her more often, but I think that's something I've told her before. So I guess I don't know, if, if it comes down to something that I've never told anyone, um, I think it would be, I guess, just all the ways I feel towards all the, the people in my life that, you know, I, you know, I feel like I have a lot of people I love in my life that you know you don't tell them these things because you don't want to rock the boat yeah i think that is a thing that happens for a lot of people i mean obviously i i I have some pretty i think probably uh more open views about love and romance you know i have you know there's plenty of friends that i have that i am attracted to but you know it's like it's a moot kind of thing Mm-hmm. Where it's just like, you know, we just have our friendships and whatever. And it's mm-hmm. like, none, none of those things need to be said. Right. But I guess I still haven't reconciled myself with the fact that, you know, I would be remiss if, if I guess, if I never said those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for me, I think it'd be sort of the same thing with, like, maybe the people who, you know, I had crushes on and was just, like, too afraid to tell them and never acted on it, you know, maybe I would tell them and just, you know, even if it doesn't change anything, it's like, you know, maybe it's just makes them feel a little bit better about themselves that, you know, if they're having a bad day, they can be like, oh, well, that person likes me, so that's that's cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just, like, a little something. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, sometimes how, like, with with friends, like, you have – just like, like those little moments where it's like like this little thing that you did meant so much to me mm-hmm. but like I don't know how to say that without like becoming this weird like overly sentimental like crying mess you know like it's just like you have a friend maybe who just you know you're really upset like I had a I had a friend actually who I who I did tell them like that little moment recently where it was a, a friend of mine who um it was right after my my friend had, had died. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it was, I think it was a couple days afterward and he just like invited me over to come hang out and we just played video games and we didn't even like talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we just hung out and I, I told him, I saw him again recently and I was like, you know, when you, when you invited me over, that was just like, that meant so much to me. It was mm-hmm. really important to me. It was just like, just what I needed at that moment. You know, so I, I feel like I, I would do more, of telling people like those like little moments where it's like it may not have like been a big gesture on your part but like it meant a lot a lot to me mm-hmm. yeah cool. all right we are up to 34 your house catches fire after saving your loved ones and pets you have time to grab one last thing what is it and why hmm one last thing 
I feel like I feel like this could go either go like super practical yeah. or like very sentimental. Like, well, I guess you, I guess you'd probably think about what you can't replace. Yeah, I guess that's true. Hmm. Grab one last thing. I mean, for me, it'd probably be like I have um, something uh, like a picture frame hanging up on my wall. It's like a bunch of pictures of me and my dad. I would I would take that for sure. I guess it's, it's, it's interesting because so much is reproducible these days. Even the photos I have on mm. my wall of my friends, they're all digital copies of mm, something mm-hmm. else. So yeah. what's truly irreplaceable in my in my home? Uh, it's one-of-a-kind stuff. It's none of the books, none of the, none of the video games or the movies or the computer or the TV or the clothes. Or the, if I had a Polaroid, maybe <laughs> something I really couldn't replace. But I think it would come down to uh, some sense. Yeah, it's a tough one. What sentimental thing am I most precious about? <laughs> I think I have I have a pile of letters. I think that would be a, a pile of letters. Mm. They're they're the pile of handwritten letters from I've gotten from friends or yeah. Friends or lovers. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Can't replace those. 35. <laughs> of all the people in your family, whose death would you find most disturbing? Why? Ooh. Oh, boy. My sisters. That would be, obviously, the, I think, you know, I'm, I'm fully prepared to deal with my parents' death. That's a matter of process. Uh, you know, we've had the estate talks already. Mm-hmm. Um, but if my sister died, that would be, it's like, you know, yeah, that's, that's a lot. No, she's, she's 20. She's going to school at John Hopkins for biomedical engineering. Uh, yeah, that would be a lot. Cause then it's like, cause you know, I'm, I guess because that would be truly a family member who I would have had so much more of, but now I'm the one to do, whereas I will. You know, regardless, I would probably see the end of my parents. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, so. Yeah. yeah, I would say I'd I'd say my brother, for sure. Um, he's like sixteen months younger than I am. Oh, he's wow. definitely the the person I'm closest to, and um, you know, he's he's getting his PhD right now in physics, and I feel like he has a lot to kind of offer the world, and it'd be really awful if something happened to him. All right. That's it. On that note, uh, 36. Share a personal problem and ask your partner's advice on how he or she might handle it. Also, ask your partner to reflect back to you how you seem to be feeling about the problem you have chosen. So there's a lot going on in this question. Okay, Okay, so I got it. All right. All right. Sharing a personal problem and ask your partner's advice on how he or she might handle it. Okay. The first one that comes to mind is it's like a very it's not anything too crazy but um my roommates don't clean (laughs) (laughs) I am and I'm like not a clean freak like I'm a a fairly normally like clean person like just Uh regular levels of clean and um my one roommate um she doesn't make messes or anything but she like just doesn't do 
kind of maintenance cleaning, yeah. like cleaning yeah. the bathtub and stuff. And then the other roommate, she is the one of us who cooks the most. So she makes like these big messes in the kitchen. There's like splatters all over the stove and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, she just doesn't clean them up. She just, she just leaves them there. Yeah. And uh, I really like them both as people. Like we, go, we get along very well. Um, and I just am having it's, it's, it's sort trouble. Of a, yeah, it's, a cla- it's really yeah. the classic issue. I'm having trouble of, uh, just trying to tell them to get their shit together yeah, and like socialized clean. Labor and pollution. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I, yeah. So I mean, how I would you handle? We have the same issue. Um, <laughs> we have the same problem. Uh, I will say that the simple that we, you know, it's one of it's a problem of responsibility. You know, yeah. people can if. You don't if you can't see who made the mess, whose mess is it, et cetera, right. et cetera. No one wants to do more work than they want to do. Exactly. Um, we just had a new roommate come in. She she is now in an apartment full of guys. Uh, I think she is very not used to it, um, but she's I think used to a little more finer quality of life. She suggests just getting a maid and <laughs> splitting it every every time you do, and that's what we've done three times already. Oh my uh, god! We just she like pays a maid for like eighty like. 40 bucks an hour or something or whatever the the freelance rate is uh oh my god they come in they clean for an hour or two and it costs each of us 20 bucks and that it's uh to, to say whether it's fair or not i think it, it is the easiest solution yes it is sure. definitely the easiest to have solution just to, another person to, to completely use, use money yeah. to yeah as opposed to using your own labor right. to solve the problem you can put your labor into to money and <laughs> <laughs> have that solve the problem because I hypothetically it's still not completely fair because you right. why should you pay any money at all right, for a mess exactly. you didn't make yeah but as far as solving the solution in the easiest most efficient way pay someone else yeah huh. um, as far as how you seem during that but have you uh, is it like a regular thing or have you just done it like uh, one like I think one-offs? it comes up whenever she gets the feeling whenever <laughs> she's <laughs> so like it's too messy in that me. sense that there's still a loss of control and responsibility where it's at kind of subject to her whims but <laughs> uh it, i will say it apartment has never been as clean <laughs> okay well that's that's good that's good uh and then so we're supposed to reflect back to each other how we how seem to felt. be feeling about the the problem yeah uh you seemed, uh, uh, well, it's a pretty honest, earnest frustration. I, I wouldn't, it's not like a very loaded, you seemed a little uh, embarrassed to talk about it. You're as if it's like, I don't know why, why, but I, I got it. I don't know why, but it seemed like you, yeah, you didn't, you felt a little ashamed of bringing it up because I think, I think you felt ashamed because you are in a, you're throwing your roommates under the bus very, yeah. whether they deserve it or not, but you are in a sense that it would, right. when you're like, Hey, these people are causing problems in my life. How do I solve it? It's yeah. Like, but it's like, you know, whatever they are doing it. So blame them. Yeah. <laughs> Just blame them. Uh, um, for me. Uh, yeah. For, for you, I think you seemed like very, I don't know. You seemed like sort of like resigned to it. You were like, yeah, this is like kind of how, how things are but we did this thing and it yeah. and it worked it's, so well yeah because it's not it's not the uh, quote-unquote moralist moral like the high ground solution yeah but it was the solution. you had the, you, you had a very logical yeah. logical approach to it yeah which i can appreciate uh, so yeah am i supposed to ask you a question now for advice or do the same thing back right i think we i think we covered it yeah yeah well you said that you had the same problem 
Yeah, um, so then we had... Oh, I guess I assume... Yeah, I, I thought... It, I was just relating that as an anecdote for how oh. I should solve the problem. Oh, okay. But I can, yeah. If you need yeah. some advice, you could ask Yeah, I would, yeah I, would, I, mean, I, would, I would I would. totally set up another question. Yeah. Um, I think probably the, the, the biggest question that I, I have, have for myself right now is the reconciling the different aspects of my professional life where it's like, I, I do enough... Uh, I do enough... I go out for commercials often enough that I can actually make a decent living doing it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, not so much that I would be comfortable not taking on any other freelance work. So I do a lot of other production work. I do a lot of labor mm-hmm. um, elsewhere. And it's like, I've been offered plenty of full-time opportunities, but it's like, I always keep turning them down uh, because I'm worried about losing the other opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think about, and it's, you know, it's, it's a fun life. It's a flexible life, but it's not a very stable life. Right. And, you know, as I get older, as I get to that period where it's like, you know, my, my, my stepdad jokes about, you know, when are you are going to bring someone else home for the holidays? <laughs> Stuff like that where I, mm-hmm. when I really do think about it where I'm like, wow, fuck, you know? Yeah. This is fine by me while I'm still like a, a late 20s guy just like living in my own apartment, mm-hmm. being a little messy when I want to and sleeping in until like noon if I can. But like, I don't, how will I sustain that if I want to have a family? Right. Or to, to, to expand beyond this. It's like, where's the growth in this besides just like, am I just like running on a treadmill with this? Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. then, you know, also just like artistic pursuits being thrown into that. Because it's like both of those are ostensibly money-making pursuits. Mm-hmm. But still not very purely fulfilling. I mean, obviously, the hypothetical is to get to do creative stuff full-time. And right. Make my living doing that. To fuse it all. But uh, at this point... Uh, I feel like I'm just sort of treading water, so I don't know what exactly the question would be, but I mean, that's my problem. Yeah, I mean, I could... universal. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's something I can definitely relate to. I kind of had to go the opposite way with it because for me, um, stability was, was more important than um, creative pursuits after I had graduated. Like, I kind of found myself in the immediate in the immediate problem of being like, I like I cannot live in this city if I don't yeah. get a job <laughs> like I need yeah. to get a job and then that kind of my creative pursuits kind of fell by the wayside mm-hmm. so for me like I, my advice to you would be keep pursuing your creative pursuits like as long as you can because you know you don't know what's going to happen in the future mm-hmm. you don't know what could change that makes you unable to to follow those and then you know you have the rest of your life to have a stable have a, job yeah. <laughs> you well, know yeah I guess so but yeah so for, for, for me, that's what, that's what I would do. So we are back with 36 questions, and there is just one more element of this experiment, which is staring at each other for four minutes. And it might be a little weird, because we don't really do this uh, on a daily basis. It's not something we do. I think one thing we noticed during the podcast is even when two people are sitting across from each other answering some very personal questions, they forget to make eye contact. Mm. Um, So now you are forced to actually look at the person um, and just silently uh, get to know each other without words. Yeah, and for the people listening at home, uh, we'll probably cut this down because you don't want four minutes of dead air, but they will be staring at each other for four minutes. (laughs) So, go 
right, you're done. What was it like to stare at a, well, former stranger for four <laughs> minutes? It was, uh, it was weird. <laughs> it's definitely weird. I mean, I felt like I was back in back in uh, acting school. Yeah, there. <laughs> I was gonna I was gonna say that too. It's like uh, it isn't our first time staring. I don't think it, it's definitely not my first time staring at another person uh, in a very intimate fashion for a long time. It's part of an exercise. <laughs> yeah. I mean, in, in theater school, we had to do it sometimes, like holding hands or like mm-hmm. like, a, like just not not specific, but you had to be touching the other person. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was kind of a flashback to that. But as far as this, it was like. Yeah, well, it was I mean, yeah, I started out like feeling super self-conscious, and then I felt kind of yeah. relaxing into it after a little bit. Settle into it. Yeah. Realize you got nothing else but staring at the other <laughs> person for a little time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know what I was. You know, I think I don't know if there was anything I was supposed to feel, which I don't think there is, but you know, just focus. So, in regards to the entire experience, all of the questions, uh, what's your takeaway? What would you want people to know about uh, what this was like for you? I would say, well, I would say it was fun. I thought I thought it was pretty fun, um, and I definitely was like nervous about it at the beginning. Um, but I was kind of surprised at how easy it was for me to like open up and kind of share things with someone that I had just met. Um, and I kind of uh, felt like I learned a little bit about myself too. Yeah, in the process. I think there's. It's definitely a very nice and introspective mm-hmm. thing. Um, I think I think I was mostly thinking about because uh, you know obviously the whole pop culture of this thirty six questions is that it's like oh these thirty six questions will make any two people fall in love and I was <laughs> yeah. like there's no way that's true but, <laughs> but I'll, I'll give it I'll give I want I do at least want to see what it's like and I want to give it a sh- uh, not give it a shot it's like I think it will happen but it's like what actually does happen and I think it's it is. It does help you get to know another person, and it does reveal a lot of intimate details. I mean, yeah, I feel like but, I could see how it could make two yeah, people fall in love. I, I, I could see, I could see it, it. You talk about some very heavy things, you know. It's, I, but I guess those are the things that matter. It's like you're the most. skipping like right from the first date to like the tenth date. Yeah. Like. And after doing the thirty-six questions, are you in love? <laughs> <laughs> I have to ask it. Part of the podcast. <sighs> I. I don't think I'm in love, uh, but <laughs> I, I think that's a really hard, I, I, I think, I think it's, it really depends on what your definition of love is. I think, I don't think there is a, a distinct state of love. I think we artificially like put a fence around the idea when it really isn't a specific idea. It's very much just the end of the scalar of whatever affection and intimacy is. It's just like love is just highest end of it but it's there's no real rule about what it is you can i feel like you can love many people in different ways but i think i had i, I yeah. think i developed a, a modest amount of uh of affection for you as a person and just like knowing what you know intimate kind of details we've shared about each other cool yeah i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't say that i'm in love but i would say oh that i definitely know i feel like i know you now like i feel like we could hang out and like I said, have a beer, you know, yeah. like what we have common ground. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys feel like you would use these questions on future dates? Because I, th- I think on dates, you know, you say like, what music do you like or what yeah. do you yeah. like to do for fun? But it, what, does this change your approach to dating, I guess? 
I don't know if it changes. I feel like, okay, those small talk questions is, is the idea, is that these are much deeper than that. Yeah. I think with small talk, the idea is that you gradually unravel the deeper mm-hmm. things. Because, you know, a person can only care so much about the weather or the movies, but <laughs> it's why they care about them in, in right, more ways. Right. And that, that, that's, you know, getting to know someone. So I don't think it would change much. I think I'd just, yeah, I'd probably ask similar things, but try to get, yeah, you know, try to always get at what makes them tick. Yeah, I think these questions are, are really interesting questions that forced me to think a lot about things that I don't necessarily think about on a regular basis. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't, these definitely are, the majority of these are not first date questions, but <laughs> I, 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 might, uh, I might bust out a couple sometime. I think our takeaway is that everybody should see Children of Men. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a great movie. <laughs> and that we should we should all really focus on our estates. We need to talk about what's going to happen to our estates after we die. I I don't think I've ever met someone my age or as young as you are who has talked about what is well, going to happen. I mean, only when I think of, yeah. When well, I mean, like, I, I guess I use the word estate because it's like, I, that did happen this past Christmas break. My mom was like, hey, so. You, you know, I'm I'm getting old, just, and like here's the stuff that I'm telling my lawyers. It's like just I just want you to know that what will happen in the case of certain things, and it's like okay, just these things are worth noting. And I only you know if I thought about how I'm gonna die and what you know, you gotta, gotta think gotta about this stuff. It's like, it's like I, I guess yeah, it, it's it's different for different people. I think some people, I guess I I guess I'm. I just value what I leave behind much more than what, I guess, otherwise. Not that there's anything wrong with any other version of self-fulfillment. Um, so this is the end of the podcast. Um, kind of as a thank you to you for you guys to... I'm going to start over. Uh, so this is the end of the podcast. As a thank you for you guys for being here. Uh, feel free to plug. You know, people are going to try to find you after this podcast. So if you have like any Snickers commercials that you want to watch or <laughs> anything you, any final thoughts, I guess, anything you want to plug or anything. Um, well, uh, I'm Andy Zoe. Uh, my site is andyzoe.com. You can find my, the stuff I've made online. I like making new things with people. Um, on the other hand, uh, really educate yourself about socialism and uh, <laughs> politics and the way our economy and politics work uh you'll surprise yourself every day <laughs> alex uh i don't i don't really have anything to plug right now i mean i can always use more twitter followers so <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so same I'm, thing same thing <laughs> so i'm at repsac.zella it's <laughs> it's just my name backwards it's r-e-p-s-a-c dot x-e-l-a <laughs> Pretty crazy. You have to you have to spell that every time you want to <laughs> yes, plug it. Yes, I do. It. <laughs> yes, I do. I didn't think about that when I made it. Um, yeah, I would say stay woke and uh, have a good day, everyone. If you want to be part of the Thirty Six Questions podcast, you can email us at thirty six Q podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks. See you next time. Fall in love.